Hey guys, it's Tim and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited as well. It's Monday and that means tonight was Monday Night Raw. As far as tonight's Monday Night Raw does go, I thought the show itself was good, not great, but really good in terms of building things towards SummerSlam. We got, and there's all matches we knew were going to happen, but we got three matches officially announced for SummerSlam. Now, did Trish and, and Becky officially get announced for SummerSlam, or was it just Becky's going to get the match? I want to say she's just going to get the match, but I assume it'll be for SummerSlam. Though. Right. Yeah, that's what I assume. I just wasn't sure if they did the whole, like, official challenge, except because they did it with Ronda and Shayna. They did it with Gunter and um, McIntyre, and then they did it with Ricochet and Logan Paul. So those three got officially announced tonight. So we'll see where that all goes. But again, it was a good episode of Raw. Great in the terms of building towards the pay-per-view. It could have been better. But Luke, who's right over here, what did you think of tonight's Monday Night Raw? Honestly, it was a good Raw, not great. It was really like more segments than matches, which is totally fine. Considering you're in this point of like building towards SummerSlam to where like, all you need to worry about is just building towards your matches. So, like, having segments more than, like, matches for Raw is, is totally fine at this point. Right, and I totally agree with that as far as, like, hey, if we're building towards that pay-per-view, that's what we need to be doing because we've seen in the past, even recently, too much stuff gets announced at the last minute. And so for them to at least be announcing stuff two weeks out because the pay-per-view is a week from this Saturday, so essentially roughly two weeks out, then, hey, we're doing something better than normal right now. But with that, I want to say thank you guys for watching live or later or listening, however you want to do it. Remember, you can watch live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, live or later on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, or listen on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or putting a hype chat in the live chat because that's a new thing on Twitch. It's kind of like a super chat on YouTube. It highlights your question and your message, and, well, we'll read it live on the air. Also, remember, you can subscribe to the channel a couple different ways as well. You can subscribe with a tiered subscription, or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because, remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. All you got to do is take that Amazon Prime account, take that Twitch account, link them together, bada bing, bada boom, your Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and it always gives you one free subscription to any YouTube or Twitch channel you want to subscribe to. Also, remember, you can head over to YouTube and become a channel member. That supports the channel as well. And remember, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Right now, they do have their summer sale going on, which is up to 75% off on certain items. You can also claim the free games, Murder by Numbers, or the Elder Scrolls Online. Or you can get bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys. And just remember to use the code down there, P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D, at checkout to support us at no extra cost. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Loot, but we'll talk about that later. So as far as Monday Night Raw does go, the show itself opened up with Rhea Ripley, Finn Balor, and Damian Priest all in the ring. Thought I was going to sneeze there for a second. Nope. So they're all in the ring, and Ripley said that Judgment Day doesn't just run Raw, but they run all of the WWE. Balor said that he was the next world champion, Ripley was the unbeatable women's champion, and Priest was senior money in the bank. Balor then cut to a video of Dominic winning the NXT North American Championship last week. Dominic then entered as Corey Graves let us know that Dom has made history. Dom is the first person to ever be in the main event match of Raw, NXT, and SmackDown all in the same week. And as Dom made his way out to the ring, the crowd booed loudly. Like, very loud. Dom then cut to another video package. And this one was all about him. As the crowd chanted, you suck. Out then came Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Owens noted that this happened last week, right? Where Judgment Day entered, Dom spoke, but nobody wanted to hear it. 
Owens says he hated people who can't learn their lesson. Owens informed Dobbin that nobody wants to hear him talk, ever. And the best thing for him was to just stop talking for good. Dom said that he's a champion now and was being disrespected. Zane said, yeah, you are right. You are being disrespected because no, nobody respects you. Sammy then said, how about we do something here? Make a challenge, me versus you, in a singles match tonight. But just like last week when you demanded our, us, we have our titles on the line, you put your title on the line. Dom really had no problem with it until Zane told... Um, well, Dom at first had no problem with it until Zane said put the title on the line. Dom was then kind of like, eh, I don't know. And Rhea said, Dom accepts. So that match was made for later in the show. North American title on the line. Dominic defending against Sami Zayn. So what did you think of this opening segment with Judgment Day, Owens, and Zayn? That was a very productive segment and very effective as well. Yeah. And here's how I view Dominic as, like, North American champion. Kind of view it as like WWE, they want to put a title on him. They don't want him to like beat Gunther or Austin Theory, their belts. Mm-hmm. So they thought the next best thing was we'll just put the North American title on him for a little bit. That's well, how I view it. I don't know if you agree, but no, no, no. I, I agree with that. And I don't know if you noticed, Dominic was put into the uh, Great American Bash commercial when they're like showing pictures and, and footage of all the different wrestlers that are going to be on the show. They quickly flashed Dom on there tonight. So that's a change, at least from last week when he wasn't in the commercial. But I don't know what's going to get announced tomorrow on NXT, whether Dom is just going to defend against Wesley or if they make it a triple threat with Wesley, Dom, and Mustafa Ali. Because if you remember, North American title match at Great American Bash was supposed to be Wesley and Mustafa Ali. So I think you keep it how it is, but add Dom as the champion, and then you do a triple threat. You could also go the route of like, it's like you can take the belt off Dom possibly, have him not get pinned if that makes sense. So. Oh, you mean in the in the triple threat? Yeah. Agree. So then we had our first match of the night. The match went just shy of ten minutes. It was Becky Lynch versus Zoe Stark. So Stark took control early on ahead of a commercial uh, commercial break, but Lynch was on offense after the break. Uh, Stratus at one point head-butted Lynch using her face mask as the referee checked on Stark. Stark followed this up with a roundhouse kick for a near fall. Lynch blocked Stark's finisher and hit an exploder. Lynch then hit a superplex and floated over into an armbar, but Stark hoisted her up and powerbombed her for a two. They traded counters and cradles until Lynch applied a disarmor. Stratus then chucked her mask into the ring, so the ref tossed it out as Lynch knocked her off the apron. Starks then tried to use the distraction with a springboard move, but Lynch caught her and hit her with a manhandle slam to pick up the victory. So there we go. Becky does win as everybody expected. I mean, when they made that, that stipulation of, you got to get Thank You Trish tattooed on your, um, on your chest, if you lose, everyone knew, oh, well, you ain't losing. You ain't losing. What did you think of the match itself? Because now we're getting... Lynch versus Becky is, it's been r- rumored since summer, or since um, Mania for SummerSlam. <clears throat> match was honestly better than what I expected. Yeah, I think this was a little better than the last one. Yeah, and I knew Becky was going to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, what were they going to do? Have her, like, make a fool out of herself? Just have her put, like, that big tattoo on her chest saying, thank you, Trish? Because that was, like, the stipulation. If you lose, you got to, like, put a big tattoo on your chest saying, thank you, Trish. What would have been funny is it be a big fake temporary tattoo and then like Trish thinks she got it and everything and then Becky one day comes out and like cleans it off or has not has it gone or whatever and she's like, ah, I tricked you. I didn't actually do it. I don't know. They were never going to do it. It was the dumbest stipulation they could have put on there. I mean, what would have been a better stipulation that would have like made sense like that? Well, I mean, the, just to the get on your knees and say thank you, Trish. That's all they needed. They didn't need to... Adding the tattoo thing was what made it dumb. Like, they didn't need to add that. If they would have just said the get on your knees and say thank you, Trish, if Zoe beats you, that would have been perfectly fine. What would have been funny, though, and a callback to Trish, Trish's, you know, career, get on your knees, say thank you, Trish, and then bark like a dog. 
that would have been funny. Call back to the Vince segment with Trish 20 years ago. Actually, like 22 years ago now. I don't think I remember that one. You don't remember the one? Okay. Okay, hold on. You don't remember when Vince made Trish strip down to her bra and panties. Oh, I, re- I remember that one. And then bark like a dog in the middle of the ring. She's like, woof, woof, woof. It wasn't mean for like a long time. It still is. Now I remember that one. They're like, like take your bra off and take it off now. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's still a meme to this day. Exactly. Um as we move forward, Cody Rhodes came out for a promo. We got a Cody Rhodes promo at the top of the hour here. All about Brock Lesnar. And Cody sung Brock's praises, actually. Rose says that we've all seen the clip of Brock Lesnar beating him up last week with a chair in front of his mother. We've seen it enough. Rose wasn't surprised, though. We wasn't surprised about anything that happened last week. He said that Lesnar won the UFC championship before having even five professional fights. Wound up on an NFL team without ever playing a single, single game of football. And can now be called Mr. SummerSlam, which that's an interesting thing because I saw a couple tweets today saying, is Brock Mr. SummerSlam because he's had so many high-profile SummerSlam matches? And then Cody mentioning that on Raw tonight, that's just, is Cody just scrolling Twitter so much that he might have saw it? I don't know. Bro says he wasn't surprised by Lesnar. and wasn't even impressed, though. But his mother, or he was impressed, but his mother wasn't. He says she was the same lady who saw Terry Funk throw fireballs in his dad's face and the same lady who would drink with Gordon Sully at the, uh, at the, Columbian, the Columbia in nearby your, Ubor City. Is what he said. Ubor City? Something like that. Rhodes is, he said that Rhodes, Rhodes said that his mother knew what he would tell Lesnar and that was that Lesnar made a mistake. The mistake was that Lesnar left him breathing. Rhodes says he wasn't going to SummerSlam just to win a rubber match. He wanted to embarrass Lesnar. Rhodes knew that people would freak out at him by poking the bear, but that's all it was. He slapped it across the face and is telling him to come get it. Rhodes said that beating Lesnar at SummerSlam was just about the positives. It would mean so so much to his career for getting this revenge for the broken arm. He said this is what Lesnar deserves. He closed it out by saying, at SummerSlam, Brock, I end this. So yeah, effective promo by Cody, as always. Building up that match for SummerSlam. No Cody match, though, which is interesting. And yeah, we just go from there. So what do you think of the Cody Rose promo? Uh, that That was a decent promo. I wonder no Brock tonight. That was kind of a shocking one to me. Yeah, we got Brock next week on the Go Home Show. So, yeah, I guess you don't need him two weeks in a row. <laughs> As we move forward, Jackie Redman interviewed Ricochet backstage. He appeared to be waiting for Logan Paul to arrive at the building. Ricochet was thrilled that Paul accepted his invitation, but was confused that Paul thought he could just show up later and whatever he wanted because he was a YouTube star. Ricochet uh, didn't really have a lot to say and was just waiting to see Logan Paul face-to-face. So as we move forward, we had the North American Championship on the line. Go for it, go for it. So you see, like, that video that Logan Paul was, like, recording, like, during that whole Ricochet? Oh, did they post it? Logan Paul posted it. Okay, I haven't seen it then. Well, let's go. Logan Paul let's did go find such it. a good job of like with the angles and stuff. Stuff so like, he did a good job with that. Let's go find it real fast. Is it on his Twitter? I believe so. All right, I'm gonna go no, look. I think, mm, I think somebody posted it. I don't know. Not on his Twitter. Maybe it's on the WWE Twitter. Let's go see real fast. <clears throat> let's look. Let's look. Let's look. It's not on his personal Twitter. WWE posted, I believe. I see it now. I see it right here. Posted two minutes ago. All right, let's pull this up on the screen. Oh, hold on. 
Hopefully this don't get us claimed, but whatever. I think as long as you don't like show the volume or something. Yeah, I was going to mute it. Just talk over it. So, actually, we'll wait to show it when we get to that segment of the show. We'll wait, we'll wait. Because next up, okay, hold on. Let me ban this person. There we go. You're gone, buddy. We ain't talking like that in the chat. Anyways, it was the North American champion Dominic Mysterio defending against Sami Zayn in a 12-minute match. Better than the last two Dominic matches we've seen. I will say that. Better than the Butch match and better than the Wesley match. Butch match wasn't bad other than Dominic botched to the finish. And then the Wesley match wasn't bad, but he dropped him on his head once or twice. So, But this was better a better performance from Dominic. So about a minute in, Sammy goes for a big flip dive and they go to commercial break. When we come back, Ripley gave Zayn a cheap shot. Or actually, they told us that Ripley had given Zayn a cheap shot during the break. Ripley then distracted the referee as Priest shoved Zayn off the top, so Owens went after Priest. The ref initially only tossed Owens from ringside, but then tossed Priest and Ripley moments later after they were bragging about getting him kicked out. Zayn at one point goes for a Michinoku driver and got a near fall off of it. Dom set it for a 6-1-9, but Zayn dropped him with a clothesline for a 2. Zayn tried something off the top, but Dom caught him with a drop kick and got a 2 count. Dom then countered a Blue Thunder Bomb into a Hurricane Rana, but Zayn avoided the 6-1-9 again and hit the Blue Thunder Bomb for a 2. Also, on that second Blue Thunder Bomb there, didn't look like Dom helped enough to go up very easily, so Sammy had to really hoist him up for that Blue Thunder Bomb. Dom did drop kick Zane and finally did hit the 619, but Sammy kicked out of two. Dom then followed this up with the three amigo suplexes, but Zane got his knees up on the frog splash attempt. Zane then hit an exploder in the corner and then went for the Huluva kick. However, Zane became distracted when Kevin Owens was getting attacked by Priest and Ripley on the stage. This then led to Dom rolling up Sammy, and there we go. Picking up the victory. So there we go. Sami Zayn does not win. And what did you think of the match? I mean, I thought the match was pretty decent. I didn't really like the ending, though. But overall, the match was pretty good. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was one of the better Dominic singles matches we've seen in a while. Yeah, absolutely. So you can tell Dominic is getting better. Yeah. You really can. So Zane sprinted up the ramp after Judgment Day, but they bailed to the back. Zane and officials then checked on Owens as Dom left through the crowd. They plugged the big Gable Stevenson segment for tomorrow's NXT, where Gable Stevenson will make his decision. I think this is a play off the big LeBron James thing from like 13 years ago about him making his decision. Am I going to go straight to the NBA or go to college first? I think that's what this is a play off of, but... Basically, it is Gable Stevenson going to stay in WWE and on NXT? Or is he going to go back to collegiate wrestling and try to go for a second gold medal? We'll figure that all out tomorrow on NXT. Isn't the rumor his is like he wanted to go back and like try to get a second gold medal? Yeah, he wanted at least as of a couple of months ago. That's what he wanted to do. So we'll see. So medical staff was checking on Kevin Owens in the back. He sold the injury, but yeah, he sold whatever the, the injury was on the show. According to multiple reports, he is legitimately injured. It was first reported by Work Wrestling that Kevin Owens is dealing with some sort of a legitimate injury, but it's unknown what the injury is and how bad the injury is. That same report was then um, confirmed and further solidified by Fightful as well. Sean Rossap said that he also had heard that Kevin Owens was dealing with some sort of an injury. But according to Sap, his whole thing was, so Owens wasn't cleared today, but for all they know, could get cleared as early as tomorrow because they don't know how bad the injury is, if it's just a small thing, if it's a long thing, if it's a big thing. So really we're playing it day by day in just listening to the rumors. But it's, it's legit. Kevin Owens is actually injured. And fast, Hopefully it's nothing serious. Right. And fast forward a little bit. So they did the injury angle. With Kevin Owens because he's really injured. 
Now, from everything I was able to gather tonight, they did an injury angle with Liv Morgan, but she's not really injured. From what I heard. I could be wrong, and you heard wrong, but there was no reports that came out of Liv Morgan's also hurt. Because I saw some people going, well, if they did the injury angle with Kevin because he's really hurt, then they had to have done it with Liv because she's really... No. I didn't hear... I haven't been able to figure anything out on Liv Morgan. It just sounds like complete storyline for Liv. We'll, we'll talk about it here in a little bit. <clears throat> for the Liv thing, it, it's got to be storyline. It really does. So then they plugged everything that happened last week on SmackDown with Roman Reigns and Jey Uso setting up the tribal combat, which I guess means a street fight. That should be a fun match, though. Yeah. Like, I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, their last two singles matches were really good in 2020. I believe it was... Did they 20- do Hell in a Cell in a regular singles match? Yeah. Hell in a Cell where Jimmy came in and tried to stop Roman from beating up Jay, and then Roman started crying and then beat them both. We go to the back, and Ricochet approaches Shinsuke Nakamura and asks, hey, have you seen Logan Paul? Nakamura said, no. Ricochet asked, keep an eye out for me. Tommaso Ciampa then appeared and approached Nakamura and said his loss last week was on him. And he could let us slide that Nakamura kicked him in the face. He's like, I'm, I'm sorry. Ciampa then said that he was about to settle things with Bronson Reed and didn't expect to see Nakamura out there. But if he did, then they may have some sort of a problem. But say right now, give me Nakamura versus Ciampa. That match will be really good. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think that's what they're building towards. Right. Nakamura versus Ciampa. I know Ciampa also said in a recent interview, like one of the big dream matches that he wants to do is him and, and uh, Johnny versus Sammy and KO. That's another thing. Like, when's Johnny coming back? Apparently Johnny's good to go at any time. So I don't know. I know for a while, like, he was dealing with, like, an injury. And they yes. were trying to, like, figure out ways to, like... N- it like injury healed that's like not surgery so like should be like good to go now yeah nagging shoulder injury he'd been dealing with that for a little bit but as of the last three weeks he has been cleared and good to go at least that's what's been reported no i know like a few weeks ago aired that like video of like him possibly coming back and they haven't done anything right since, so because i know well, like, two or three weeks ago candace had a match on raw and he posted a video of him and his son watching from home. Or a photo of them watching from home. So he wasn't even there. So they're just waiting for him to come back for like something big. That's right. Could be my guess. So in the back, Dom bragged about putting a whooping on Sami Zayn. Apollo Cruz and Akira Tozawa were nearby. So Dom told Cruz to show some respect. Ripley asked. If they had a problem, Tazawa said, nope, nope. Because we, I love this whole Tazawa scared of Rhea stuff. I think it's funny. Cruz, tired of Judgment Day, though, and dared them to try something at him. Priestin said, how about I challenge you to a match tonight? Tazawa reappeared and said, good luck. And there we go. So, Danny Priest versus Apollo Cruz. So, moving forward, we had a 12 and a half minute match. It was Bronson Reed versus Tommaso Ciampa. Champa held a sleeper hold on pretty early, but Reed fell backwards right on top of him. Just squished him. Reed followed this up with a running body block and an elbow drop. Reed tried to charge off the apron, but Champa caught him in a knee with a knee strike. Reed was uh, Reed had some. Well, Reed was back in control after a commercial break until Champa hit a reverse DDT. He traded some offense for a little bit until Champa no sold the clothesline by popping right back up to his feet and getting right in Bronson Reed's face. Chompa then got Reed on his shoulders and hit an air raid crash, which got a big reaction from the crowd and a two count. Then, Nakamura slowly saunters down to ringside. Saunters out, so Chompa left the ring and just stared him down. Like, what? Reed then flew off the apron to knock down Chompa, and he followed this up with a tsunami in the ring to pick up the big victory. So there we go. Reed does defeat Chompa. Nakamura, I guess you could say, caused the distraction. And then Graves noted, hey, this loss, Ciampa's fault. All Ciampa's fault because he didn't need to get himself distracted like that. Because uh, Nakamura did nothing. So I think this is building to a Nakamura-Ciampa match. What do you think of the they match itself? win that match. Ooh. Nakamura. 
I think they should do Nakamura wins and build him up as like an intercontinental title challenger and then give me give me give me uh him and Gunter. I agree. I feel like Nakamura would probably need that win more than Champa would. Right. And one in the YouTube chat says any update on Nikki Cross? Something wrong with Nikki? No. She had a match with Shayna Baszler last week, got squashed, and that was it. Nothing wrong with her. She's still around. She's there. And I don't know. I don't know. Um, Byron Saxton interviewed Liv Morgan in the back. Morgan confront, uh, confirmed that Raquel Rodriguez was hurt, but she was tough and would come back to take care of Rhea Ripley. Tonight, however, it's her turn to take care of Rhea Ripley. Morgan blamed their title loss on Rhea. She was tired of Ripley and reminded us that she was the last person to ever beat Rhea Ripley, which I forgot about that. For uh, I forgot about that one. Uh, Morgan then said, quote, maybe I'll get beat up, but maybe I won't. Morgan said that she wasn't backing down and then said, watch me, and then walked off. So, Liv Morgan's promo tonight kind of remind me of like a Harley Quinn vibes. Do you mm-hmm. agree? I don't know. I'd have to listen to it again. Right, did to me. So right as she walked off, and hold on, my notes just froze. Let me refresh them really fast. But as right as Liv walks off, Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green walk up. I'm like, why are you interviewing her? She's not a champion. We're champions. You should be talking to us. And then um, they started kind of mocking Rhea Ripley until Ripley walked up, and they're like, "Look, we're champions. You're a champion. We're champions. We're champions. Yeah, we're all champions." And then they just walked off. So. Cool. Whatever. Not much to it. Ripley then told Saxon that she warned Raquel and Liv to get to not get in her business. Raquel didn't listen. We saw what happened to her, and Morgan is next. So then, speaking of Morgan is next, that what was supposed to be match came up next. Non-title, Rhea Ripley versus Liv Morgan. As Liv Morgan was making her way down to the ring, Rhea attacks. Rhea attacks her at ringside and beats the crap out of her. She drove her shoulder first onto the barricade and then pilmanized her shoulder with a steel chair, hitting it multiple times, putting a chair over the arm and stomping on it. Medical staff and a referee came down to check on um, Liv as they pushed Rhea back. Ripley then pushed away them, did it again as far as the whole pilmanizing the arm. She stomps on the um, chair and then immediately goes, Ah, suck it! I laughed so hard when she did that. Ripley then told um, Morgan, stay out of my business. And Liv sold this greatly. Liv's just yelling, ah, my arm, my arm. She's crying. She's like, I can't move it, I can't move it. They're like, Liv, how do you you feel? Is it hurt? They're asking her questions. She's just like, I can't move my arm. Oh my God, and this and that. And so Liv did a good sell job for sure. And Rhea... The big bad heel Rhea beat her ass. What'd you think? It honestly reminded me how Shayna Baszler would beat up, like, bullet back down in NXT. Remember right. when, like, yep. they'd have their, their arms in the chairs and then just, like, step on the chair and they'd hurt their arm? This, this basically what this reminded me of. Yeah, that or when she would, like, fold their arm back and then stomp the elbow or whatever. So. Yeah, I, I thought this was really cool. Yeah, I liked it. I really it. did. But now the big question is, what is this leading to? Rhea and Raquel or Rhea and Liv? Kind of the same question I, I had. Like first, Go for it. I feel like first it's got to be a Rhea and Raquel because then it could like, like, there like a lot of intensity towards that match. Like uh-huh. you injured Liv stuff. So now I got to beat you up for it or something, or I want to fight you at SummerSlam. Right. Maybe after that you do Rhea versus Liv. So, we go to the back. They're checking on Liv, and she's just like, I can't move my arm. And the doctor's like, okay, we're going we're gonna to try to move it a little bit to stabilize it. And she's like, okay, okay, no, don't move it, don't move it. It hurts too bad, don't. And so, yeah, just really selling the injury. Which, from all accounts, it's a storyline, not a real injury like Kevin Owens. We go to the back. Alpha Academy cut a great promo. Chad Gable angrily 
congratulated the Viking Raiders on their win last week and then said, well, nobody knows what Viking rules actually are. So how about we challenge you to an Academy Rules match? And I'm going to put your head through a chalkboard. Maxine Dupree then took over, said that she's going, she's been getting the better of Valhalla every week. And then last week when Valhalla got her, Valhalla thought that was it. That was the end. Dupree said, no, I challenge you to a singles match. The first one of my career. And then Otis said, oh, yeah. And Corey Graves is like, I've never agreed with Otis Moore. So what did you think of this? Two challenges in one segment. I feel like this has to be the end of, like, Awful Academy and the Viking Raiders rivalry. I feel like they've been doing this, like, too long to where it's like, all right, this has to end soon. I, th- I think both. This will be the end. Yeah. Yeah. This this literally has to be the end. So, we then had Ricochet Logan Paul segment. Let's pull this Logan Paul video up on the screen. So we talk about the segment. Let's do this. Put this here. I haven't seen this video yet, so take a look at it. Um, okay. Oh, let me mute it. So here's the video itself. Well, first, let, let me tee it up to this point. The ricochet is in the ring. And he spoke about how nobody thought Logan Paul belonged here. He did credit Paul's ability in training and said that Paul was a prick. Ricochet said that we decided that their life, we dedicated our lives to this and spent time away from our families. And Paul doesn't understand that. Ricochet said that I want to challenge Paul to a fight at SummerSlam. Then Paul attacks Ricochet. And then that's where this video tees up. So Paul attacks Ricochet. And he's over here talking crap on the crowd and everything. He called the guy in the, with the mustache a virgin. And then Ricochet comes back and super kicks him right in the face. Not much more really happens here, but yeah. Ricochet hits with a super kick and then a shooting star press. You're right. Great. Like, Logan did a good job holding the camera steady and straight. Ricochet grabs the camera. Says, I'll see you at SummerSlam. And there we go. So yeah. Not a bad segment. Not a bad setup for the match at SummerSlam. And Logan Paul says later on, he'll be back next week on, on Raw to confront Ricochet again. So what did you think of the segment itself? I thought the segment was fun. I always like when Logan Paul, like, does those, like, he's, like, recording himself, either, mm-hmm. like, doing a move on somebody, like he did in Saudi with, like, Roman. Right. He, like, jumped off the turnbuckles, and he put Roman through the announce table, and he recorded that. Like, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I like, he did it in the... Like, Logan Paul. He did it in the Seth Mania match as well. Logan Paul does a really good job with those. Right. So I always like when he does that. Moving forward, Jackie Redman. Well, let me actually move some of this stuff back around so I can see the correct screen now. Uh, so moving forward, Jackie Redman interviewed Shayna Baszler. Baszler says she was sick of hearing the name Ronda Rousey every time someone would talk about her. She said talking hasn't settled this. A match isn't going to settle this. No. At SummerSlam, they're going to have a fight. And I was just, for some reason, waiting for Shayna to say, in a cage. Like, I thought they were going to set up some sort of, like, an MMA match or something. Which would be interesting. What do you think of? Like a fight pit? Fight pit. Well, no. I wouldn't say fight pit. Because I doubt either of them jump off the top of it. And I would people are just going to get disappointed if nobody does. But maybe it's just, like, a regular oh. cage match. Or they set up some sort of an MMA style. I don't know. But well, what, I mean... They can go to the route of like Shane's gonna like power bomb like Shane off the like top and then Shane can reverse it into like a like a arm breaker or something off the top. I just I don't see either of them falling off or jumping off the top. That's the whole thing. So I don't know. I think Rhonda could. The, I could honestly I can just see them having like an a match in a regular ring, but it'd be like MMA combat rules or something. <clears throat> like Raw Underground, sort of? 
sort of, but you don't take the ring, the ropes off. So, That'd be like a submission match then. Oh, it's a knockout or submission, but yeah, basically. Byron Saxon approached Logan Paul in the back. Paul called Ricochet's actions unprofessional as hell and said he felt victimized. Paul said that he would be back here next week in Houston and he's going to pop Ricochet's stupid bald head. And I looked at Byron's bald head and said, no offense, and rubbed it. And Paul's, uh, Byron's like, okay, then taken. <laughs> so yeah, next week, Logan Paul will be back on the show. We then had a three-minute match that really was nothing. Damian Priest beat up Apollo Crews. Crews got a little bit of offense early. Priest then won fairly decisively, hit the South of Heaven choke slam, and pinned him to pick up the victory. Not much here at all. Any thoughts on it? Not really. Do you feel like <laughs> Apollo Crews came up back up to the main roster too early? Kind of, because, I mean, what are they going to do with him? Just they need another guy to squash? That's all he is, is a squash guy. I kind of feel like he should stay in NXT longer. I agree. And more like it was like new character development. Yeah, totally agree. Now that at first it was going to look like they're going to use him as somebody, but now they're not. There's basically just a guy that they mm -hmm. need to get squashed. Jackie Redman interviewed Becky Lynch. Becky said, hey, I forgot to do something earlier because I was worried about not getting tattooed. The man has come around to Tampa. She then said she was pumped and ready for her match with Trish Stratus and said, quote, it ain't over till I win. And we got a Viking Raiders promo. Valhalla said that she accepts Dupree's foolish challenge and that maybe she needs to seek some advice from the gods. What do you think of these two backstage interviews? Basically just confirming what we already know. I mean, yeah, it's just really just like confirming that we already know and stuff. Some stuff up for like either next week or SummerSlam, I'd say. Well, I, I'm, I would assume Trish and Becky is SummerSlam and then Valhalla versus... Um, Maxine, either next week or the, the Raw after SummerSlam. Yeah. Then we got Gunter versus, well, not Gunter versus Drew McIntyre, but Gunter and Imperium, which did, well, not Gunter and Imperium with Drew McIntyre, which led to Kaiser versus McIntyre. So Gunter and Imperium made their way down to the ring. McIntyre then said that he heard Gunter issuing challenges last week while he wasn't even here. McIntyre was here this week and was dressed to fight and wants the Intercontinental title match tonight. Gunther asked him if that's what he really wanted. McIntyre said, yeah, and I dare you. Gunther said that he brought prestige to the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship and wasn't going to defend it in front of the degenerates here in Tampa. Crowd booed. He said that he knew why McIntyre identified with the fans because they've accomplished nothing just like him. McIntyre failed at Clash of the Castle, was humiliated by him at SummerSlam, and Gunter would humiliate him again at SummerSlam. So, basically, Gunter's saying, you want a shot? I'll give it to you, but you have to wait till SummerSlam. I already beat you at WrestleMania, and I'll beat you again at SummerSlam. McIntyre, this is funny. McIntyre then talked about WrestleMania. I was like, yeah, so uh, I've known Sheamus for a long time. I was 19 years old, and he was 42. And Kaiser goes, like, how does that math work out? He's like, we fought each other all the time. And we did so at WrestleMania. We beat the crap out of each other. You picked the bones. You got the victory and did exactly what you should have done. However, this time, SummerSlam, it's going to be one-on-one. -on -one. And I'm going to beat your arse for the Intercontinental Championship. Ludwig Kaiser then interrupted and asked how McIntyre could dare speak to a champion like that. McIntyre said, hey, you, I actually like you. Um, he said watching Gunther was like watching paint dry. But at least this guy, he's got charisma and all kinds of different things to make him the leader of Imperium. He said, you should be the leader. Excuse me. And Gunther's like, you're going to let him talk to you like that? And Kaiser's like, I don't like that comment. And if you say you want to fight tonight, I'll fight you right now. Kaiser got in McIntyre's face, and Drew said, all right, well, uh, I guess we need a referee. 
So the match, I believe, started during the commercial break or right when the break came, they came back from the break or whatever. But on TV, we got about nine and a half minutes here. And immediately, immediately, we were getting, we want table chance. Which eventually did pay off. Kaiser took control early on. And knocked uh, McIntyre into the ring post a couple of times. McIntyre then chopped Kaiser while on the top rope and brought him down with a white noise. McIntyre followed this up as overhead suplexes, a neck breaker, and a headbutt. McIntyre went for the Claymore, but Ludwig countered with a leaping kick and got a two out of it. Kaiser then hit an Enziguri, but McIntyre came right back with the Claymore and pinned him. One, two, three. So we got the match. Match was good, nine and a half minutes. Then after the match, Gunter hits the ring and goes after McIntyre. Hits him with the German suplex, and Imperium puts the boots to him until out comes Matt Riddle to make the save, but didn't really last that long. Gunter beat down Riddle with a powerbomb. Gunter then cleared the announce table. Crowd starts going bananas. Gunter then sets up for a powerbomb, and McIntyre reverses it into a back body drop. Crowd boos. They didn't get the table spot. But McIntyre then picks up Gunter, and oh my god, I thought he killed Gunter with this powerbomb. The way he aggressively, like, boom, Gunther through that table. I thought Gunther was dead. Crowd pops huge, and Gunther sells it like I am hurt. McIntyre then grabs the Intercontinental Championship and kind of hovers over Gunther for a moment before the segment ends. What did you think of the match and the post-match? Match was all right. Did you listen to Corey Graves' impression of... Oh, my God. That was hilarious. Corey Graves over here. I, I don't even know like the stuff he was saying, but he was talking like Ludwig Kaiser. Like and and uh Kevin Patrick is like, you do that very well, Graves. And he's like, Why thank you. I'm like, Jesus Christ. He did like two or three separate he did, times. He did it so well. I thought yeah. it was actually Ludwig Kaiser at first. So that that was it was entertaining the first time for sure. Then I kind of got a little like, eh, you're doing a little too much now. But no, the first time he did it, it was entertaining for sure. Like, I, I liked it at first. Then I got a little bored of it. I was like, okay, okay, you've done it enough. I get the joke. As far as, like, segment after the match, I thought it was kind of effective as well. You oh, know? yeah. I, like, further, like, pulled up the match more for SummerSlam. Like, part of me says I want Drew to win, but part of me says I don't want him to win. I feel like I, I feel like I don't really want want him to win over Gunther, to be honest. Yeah, like I just want Gunther to beat that record from the Honky Tonk Man, and then anybody can beat him. I don't care. <laughs> I feel like it, the people that should beat him, it should either be I want it to be either Tyler Bate or Dragonoff. That's who I want it to be. That'd be a very good one. Either of those would be good. Tyler Bate, I would say. If I had to pick one, I'd say Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate would be perfect because like, yeah. I don't think he's ever beaten Gunther before, has he? Um, Let's look. Tyler Bate. Go to his cage match. He's not in WWE, though. Let's see if we can figure this out really fast. Tyler Bate, cage match. You go matches. You then type in. It would have been Walter when he faced him. Nope, I spelled that wrong. Walter. Search. Um. Walter. Walter. Yeah, no. Never beat him anywhere. Well, no, I take that back. He's beat him in... So there was a six-man tag in progress where it was... Pete Dunn, Trent Seven, and Tyler Bate defeating Axel Dieter Jr., Timothy Thatcher, and Walter. That's the only time that um, Tyler Bate has beaten Walter or Gunter. And it was 2017. But they've had two matches in WWE. One was a six-man tag. Imperium won it. And the other one was for the... Um, United Kingdom Championship, take over Cardiff. That's where Walter, yeah, Walter defeated Tyler Bate in a 42-minute match. 
match was awesome. Yeah. Cardiff match. Whew. Amazing. I feel like it should be Tyler Bate because then it's like, I haven't really beaten you like singles, like one on one, but this time I will, and it'll mm -hmm. be for your Intercontinental Championship. On the back, I'll go for it. Also, what else are they gonna do with Tyler Bate and NXT? Like they got nothing else for him. I think. Yeah, I thought he should have came up in the draft. Jackie Red. It's never too late. They could always bring him up. Right. Yeah. Now. Anytime. Anytime. Like after SummerSlam or something. But um, Jackie Redman interviews Shayna Baszler or Ronda Rousey in the back about Shayna Baszler's challenge. Rousey said Baszler can't challenge her to a fight. She needs to challenge her to the fight. I accept. This is kind of dumb because like Jackie Redman um, was literally like standing in a spot. Ronda was pacing behind her and she goes, I'm going to try and get a word with Ronda Rousey. And then just walked up and yeah. But the match is official for SummerSlam. As next week's Raw does go, Brock Lesnar will appear. Logan Paul will appear. That's all they told us. As we go in to our main event segment. Finn Balor comes out first. There's no host. No one hosting the, the um, press conference. Not the press conference. The contract signing. He said that Adam Pierce usually would be here. <clears throat> but they've caused so much chaos tonight as far as Judgment Day does go. That he's in the back dealing with hurt wrestlers. Balor said that he and Rollins are professionals though. And they can handle this like gentlemen and tells Rollins to come out to the ring, which he does. Crowd sings Seth's song. And he signs the contract. Balor hesitates. Rollins said that Balor finally figured out what they've known for a very long time. That Balor had zero chance of walking out of SummerSlam, the champion. The obvious scenario was that Rollins would beat Balor's ass. And then the crowd would sing his song. But... If Balor did win, he still would not walk out the champion. His world title reign would be shorter than his universal title reign because we all know that Damian Priest would be right there to cash in on Finn. And Finn, uh, Seth says, and I know this would happen because I know roles reversed. You would do the same thing to him. Rollins told Balor, keep chasing that ghost because SummerSlam won't be the coronation of Judgment Day. It'll be the end. Balor then smiled and signed the contract. Balor was amused because Rollins thought he had it all figured out. Balor told Rollins he didn't run Raw. Judgment Day did. Rollins thought that Balor would lose in the, in the end no matter what. The fans started buzzing as different members of Judgment Day came down to the ring. Balor said that he's been losing for seven years and has been driving him insane. It was all Rollins' fault and it was like an itch he couldn't scratch. It was like a seven-year itch, but at SummerSlam, Rollins would be his seven-year bitch. Rollins then leaped up on the table, kind of like he would he's done before. And Rollins then got, you know, tried to defend himself. He grabbed the table, threw it in Damian Priest's face, knocking Damian off the apron. And then finally, Balor went on the attack. They fought for a moment. They knocked down Seth, and then Damien was standing over Seth, looking at the briefcase. Finn walks up and look at Damien like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Now comes Sami Zayn with a steel chair. He ducked a Rhea Ripley clothesline and hit Priest with the chair. Ripley yanked the chair out of his uh, hands before he hit Dom with it, and Balor tackled him. Judgment Day then laid out Sami Zayn before putting the boots more to Seth Rollins. Priest then gave Rollins the razor's edge. Dom hit him with a frog splash. And Balor hit the coup de gras. Raw that ended with Judgment Day standing tall in the middle of the ring. So what do you think of the closing segment here for Monday Night Raw? I like the part where like Damian Priest like was looking at Finn like with the briefcase and Finn mm. kind of gave that look like are you seriously gonna cash in? Like I'm supposed to take the belt off of Rollins, not you, type of look, and then <clears throat> they kinda of had someone else try to like cut it off from there. Right. I, I thought it was a very effective, like, closing segment. I really did. Yeah, I liked it as well. I thought it was good. And maybe next week on Raw, we can get, like, Finn and Dom or Finn and Priest against Sammy and, and Seth. Just a, just a thought. Part of me says that 
I actually kind of want Finn to beat Seth at SummerSlam. Same. Same here. I do too. And maybe after that, you can maybe have Priest cash in or maybe try to keep teasing that he might cash in on Finn. Mm-hmm. But with that, guys, that is everything that did take place tonight on Monday Night Raw. You know what we, nope, we thought of the show. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of the show as far as the polls do go. So let's refresh all of those. As far as the, let's see, which poll does go? 100% liked tonight's Raw. Looking at the Twitter poll, or maybe we call it the because it's not really Twitter anymore. I don't know what, what they're doing with Twitter. They took the bird away, and it's now just an X. Even WWE's already acknowledged it, because when they showed that Raw was number one trending, instead of the Twitter bird logo, it had the X logo. I don't know. But uh, 56% liked the show, 29% thought it was just all right, and 13% did not like it. Looking over at the YouTube community poll, 67% liked the show, 22% thought it was just all right, and 11% did not like it. Some of the comments here. Versa says, in my opinion, Raw tonight wasn't a good show. Subpar best. Says a little bit of carnage. Or a little bit of change, this one says. And the person says 4 out of 10. And another one says 7 out of 10. As far as the YouTube live poll does go, 74% liked the show. 18% thought it was just all right. And 8% did not like it. So with that, guys... That's going to wrap everything up here for our Monday Night Raw review. Thank you for joining, whether you're watching live on Twitch, live or later on YouTube, or listening on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. But Luke, tell them where they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter at Petke underscore 21. And you can also find me over at Twitch at the Luke Petke. With that, guys, have a great rest of your week. Have a great rest of your Monday evening. We'll be back live Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. So with that, guys, have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one.